Hello, and welcome to episode 8, I believe, of League Lore and More. Uh, I'm your host, Funky Odor, and this week we'll be discussing um, a much more somber tale, uh, The Sad Mummy, uh, Amumu, uh, that's his title, <laughs> The Sad Mummy, uh, and he can't find any friends, and he's cursed with the ability to not find friends, and... So I think this episode's probably going to uh, to resonate a lot with a lot of people out there, uh, especially myself. Um, no, I'm just kidding, but but it is uh, probably the saddest story in in the league lore that I've that I'm familiar with so far. Uh, I don't know everybody's lore though. Um, which is the point of, of this podcast. So we have a Mumu today, and then we have three more weeks of champions, and then we'll have our in-between episodes before we start our next uh, mega series. And we'll have some guests on and kind of discuss the game as a whole. And so those should be fun. But yeah, here is the uh, biography for... I thought you'd never pick me. Let's find some friends. Omumu the Sad Mummy A lonely and melancholy soul from ancient Shirima, Omumu roams the world in search of a friend. Cursed by an ancient spell, he is doomed to remain alone forever as his touch is death and his affection ruin. Those who claim to have seen him describe Omumu as a living cadaver, Small in stature and covered in bandages the color of lichen. Amumu has inspired myths, folklore, and legends told and retold for generations, such that it is impossible to separate truth from fiction. The hardy folk of Shurima agree upon certain things. The wind always blows from the west in the morning. A full belly on a new moon is an ill omen. Buried treasure hides under the heaviest of rocks. They do not agree, however, about the tale of Amumu. One oft-told story links Amumu to the first great ruling family of Shurima, who succumbed to a disease that corrupted flesh with hideous speed. The youngest child, Amumu, was quarantined in his chambers and befriended a servant girl who heard his cries through the walls. She regaled the lonely air with courtly news and stories of her grandmother's mystic powers. One morning, the girl brought word that Amumu's last remaining brother had passed away, making him emperor of Shurima. Saddened that he had to bear this news alone, she unlocked his door and ran inside to comfort him face to face. Amumu threw his arms around her, but as they touched, he fell back, realizing he had condemned her to the same terrible fate as his family. Upon the girl's death, her grandmother placed a twisted blight on the young emperor. In her mind, Amumu had as good as murdered her kin. As the curse took effect, Amumu was trapped in his moment of suffering like a locust ensnared in honeyed amber. A second tale whispers of another crown prince, one given to bouts of petulance, cruelty, and murderous vanity. In this telling, Amumu was crowned emperor of Shurima at a young age, and convinced he was blessed by the sun, he forced his subjects to worship him as a god. Amumu, Amumu sought the fabled Eye of Angor, an ancient relic entombed in a gilded crypt, said to grant eternal life to whoever looked upon it with an unflinching heart. He hunted the treasure for years with a host of slaves who carried him through labyrinth catacombs, sacrificing themselves to traps so the emperor could continue without hindrance. 
and Lumu finally reached the Cyclopean Golden Archway, where upon dozens of his stonemasons labored to breach the sealed door. As the young emperor rushed within, determined to look into the eye of Angor, his slaves seized their chance and sealed the stone doorway behind him. Some say the child emperor endured in the darkness for years, his loneliness, loneliness driving him to insanity and causing him to claw at his own skin, which he was forced to wrap in bandages. His life was extended by the power of the eye as he meditated on his past transgressions, but the gift was a double-edged sword, for his, he was cursed to remain forever alone. When a series of devastating earthquakes shattered the foundations of his tomb, the emperor escaped with no knowledge of how much time had passed, seeking to undo the suffering he had caused in life. Yet another story of Amumu tells of the first and last Yoral ruler of Shirima, who believed in the innate goodness of the human heart. To prove his detractors wrong, he swore an oath to live as a beggar until he made one true friend, convinced his people would rally to help their fellow Shirimans. Though thousands walked by the disheveled yordle, not one stopped to offer a helping hand. Amumu's sadness grew until he eventually died of a broken heart, but his death was not the end, for some swear the yordle still wanders the desert, forever searching for someone who might restore his faith in humanity. These stories, despite their differences, are woven with parallels. Whatever the circumstances, Amumu is doomed to exist in a broken state of emptiness, eternally alone and friendless. Fated to forever search for a companion, his presence is cursed and his touch is death. On long winter nights when the fire is never allowed to burn low, the sad mummy can sometimes be heard weeping in the desert, despairing that he'll never know the solace of friendship. Whatever Amumu searches for, atonement, kinship, or a single act of kindness, one thing is as certain as the western wind at dawn. He has yet to find it. Hey! Come back. Oof, that's uh quite the quite the sad uh, tale there for old uh, old Amumu. But uh, according to some people, he uh, he had it coming, and according to others, uh, it wasn't something he could really prevent. If it was, you know, like the plague-like uh, sickness that took upon his family and. Much like probably the uh, the wither effect that uh, Nasus had affect him before he uh, was given the right of ascension. Um, very, I guess, fitting for about uh, you know a year now since uh, COVID has hit everyone to talk about a character who is dealing with plague and other types of sickness and then having to go be alone whereas you know everyone had to quarantine and like stop seeing people as much uh at least you know in theory that's what people had to do but we all know uh how that went and uh and we're all guilty of it um but he's very uh king tut like in the sense that he was in a very very young emperor and died very very young I mean, in Amumu's case, he didn't die. He he lives forever, but... And then also, you know, him possibly being entrapped in a tomb for a long, long time is also a parallel to King Tut and King Tut's tomb and the discovery of that by archaeologists uh, in, the, uh, in the 20th century, I think, 
I don't think it was before that, but maybe it was. And, yeah, Amumu is also considered maybe to be uh, a Yordle, given his the size of his character in the game. He's akin to the, the stature of the other Yordles, so it would be interesting to have confirmed that he would, that Yordles ruled Shirima at one point. It would be very interesting given how Yordles operate now, which is like they're kind of like a mystical, mythic creature that is said to have like pathways throughout all of Runeterra and their, their, their city that they all live is like hidden and so for them to be like you know emperors and rulers of of ancient ancient Shurima, you know before the time of azir and and those people that'd be very very wild um but moving forward we have the short, short story here and it's called greed and tears let me give you a hug come play with me greed and tears the gods were angry and shook the land. Cracks rent the earth, said old Khaldun, his crag-featured face lit by firelight. It was into one of these fissures that a young man ventured. He found an opening, the entrance to a tomb, hidden for the jackal knows how long. The man had little ones to feed and a wife to please, so he ventured in, lured by opportunity. Adults and children alike crowded in close to hear the old storyteller's words. They were all weary. They had traveled far that day, and the Shreeman's sun had been unrelenting. But Khaldun's tales were a rare treat. They drew their cloaks tight around their shoulders against the chill of the night and leaned in. The air was cool in the tomb, a merciful relief from the scorching heat outside. The young man lit a torch. Its light made, a shadows dance, made the shadows dance before him. He stepped cautiously, wary of traps. He was poor, but he was no fool. The walls inside were smooth, obsidian, and carved with ancient writings and images. He could not read, he was a simple man, but he studied the images. He saw a boy prince sitting cross-legged upon a sun disk borne by a team of servants, a beaming smile upon his face. Chests of coins and riches were piled before him, the offerings of strangely garbed, bowing emissaries. He saw other carvings, again showing the smiling prince, this time walking among his people. Their heads were pressed to the ground before him. Stylized rays of sunshine radiated from the boy's crown. Before one of these images was a small gold statue. It alone was worth more than he could have hoped to earn in ten lifetimes. The young man took it, slipping it into his satchel. He did not intend to linger. He knew it, could, it would not be long before others came upon this place. When they did, he wanted to be gone. Greed makes fools of even the greatest men, and he knew that others would willingly spill his blood to claim that golden statue, and the other riches that were surely further in. Avarice was not one of the young man's faults, however. He felt no need to delve further. The other treasures hidden, were, hidden here were someone else's to claim. He looked upon one last image before he left the tomb. It showed the boy prince dead, lying upon a bier. Those closest to him were wailing, but further back, people were celebrating. Had the boy prince been beloved, or had he been a tyrant? There was no way of knowing. That was when he heard it, a sound in the darkness that made his skin crawl. 
He looked around, wide-eyed, holding his torch up before him. Nothing. Who's there? he said. Silence was his only answer. The young man shook his head. It's just the wind, you fool, he thought. Nothing but the wind. Then he heard it again, more distinctly this time. A child was crying in the darkness further into the tomb. Heard anywhere else, his paternal instinct would have been to go to the sound. But here, in the darkness of a funeral tomb, he wanted to run, but he did not. The sobbing touched his heart. It was filled with such misery and grief. Was it possible there was another entrance to this tomb? Had a young boy found his way down here and become lost? Torch held high, he crept forward. The weeping continued, echoing faintly through the gloom. A wide chamber opened before him, its floor black and highly, refle highly reflective. Golden artifacts and jeweled inlaid walls glinted within. Gingerly, he entered the room. He stepped back sharply as his heels sent ripples spreading across the floor. Water. The floor was not made of reflective obsidian. It was covered in water. Kneeling, he scooped a handful of it to his lips. He spat it out immediately. It was salt water. Here, in the heart of Shurima, a thousand leagues from the nearest sea, he heard the sound of the boy weeping once more. Closer now. Holding his touch before him, the young man glimpsed a, sh a shape at the edge of its light. It appeared to be the child sitting with his back to the man. Carefully, he stepped into the room. The water upon the floor was not deep. The hairs on the back of his neck stood on end, and fear clutched at his chest, yet he did not turn to run. "'Are you lost?' he asked, as he stepped closer. "'How did you get here?' The shadowed figure did not turn, but he did speak. "'I... I don't remember,' he said. The sound swam, through, swam around the young man, echoing off the walls. The boy spoke in an old dialect. His words were strange, but understandable. I don't remember who I am. Be calm, child, said the man. All will be well. He stepped closer, and the figure resolved itself before him. His eyes widened. The shape before him was a god statue carved in onyx, nothing more. It was not the source of the crying, nor of the child's voice. That was when a small, dry hand grabbed him. The youngest of the listeners gasped, his eyes wide. The other children laughed in false bravado. Old Khaldun smiled, a golden tooth glinting in the firelight. Then he continued. The young man looked down. The linen-wrapped corpse of the tiny prince stood beside the man. Dull, ghostly light emanated from the deathly boy's eye sockets, though his entire face was bound in burial wrappings. The corpse child held the man's hand. Will you be my friend? The boy asked, his voice muffled by linen. The young man lurched backward, breaking free of the child's grasp. The young man looked down at his arm in horror. His hand was shriveling, turning black and withered. The wasting touch then began to climb up his arm. He turned and ran. In his shock and haste, he dropped his lantern. It hissed as it fell into the lake of tears, and darkness descended. Still, he could just make out the glow of daylight up ahead. He ran toward it scrambling desperately even as the wasting death crept up his arm toward his heart at any moment he expected to feel the deathly boy's grasp upon him but did not after what felt like an eternity he could have what could have only been a matter of heartbeats he burst from the darkness into the desert heat once more i'm sorry echoed a mournful voice from the gloom behind him 
I didn't mean to. And thus the tomb of Amumu was unearthed, said old Khaldun, and the deathly child released into the world. But everyone knows he isn't real, cried one of the children, the oldest of them, after a moment of silence. Amumu is real, said the youngest. He's wandering the land trying to find a friend. He's real, but he isn't a boy, said another. He's a yordle. Khaldun laughed and pushed himself to his feet with an aid of a gnarled walking stick. I am old, and we have far to travel tomorrow, he said. It is past time I was abed. His audience began to dissipate, smiling and talking in low, familial voices, but one child did not move. She stared at Khaldun, unblinking. Grandfather, she said, how did you lose your arm? Old Keldun looked down at the empty sleeve pinned at his shoulder, then flashed the girl a grin. Good night, little one, he said with a wink. The end. Where are we going? So there we have an old folktale story being told by an old elder of a of a Shreeman tribe to the children, and we kind of get all of the different variations that we got in the biography in this one as well, as far as like the children at the end saying what Amumu was. And we can see the curse in action. Uh, also him just crying and creating a lake of salty tears. And then the, the sickness acts quickly, it seems, as the guy died within seconds of touching Amumu. Uh, and this the pa the passage where Mumu touches him and stuff really it kind of trips me up because I don't I don't understand if he's doing it on purpose or not like if it's sinister it doesn't seem like it is but and maybe maybe this story here is like the instance of Mumu first meeting someone and then so that's his first encounter with someone and touching them and didn't know that was going to happen I mean, some of his voice lines and stuff, like, you know, let me give you a hug. Like, why do you want to give someone a hug if you know that it's going to kill them, you know? So I've never really understood whether he's like a sinister kind of character or not. Uh, I mean, he doesn't look, I mean, he looks like a mummy, but it's not like a, it's not like a scary one. And uh, the other things, like his other voice lines and mannerisms are very much just like him being really really sad and him just wanting to find a friend but then there's those ones that make you think if he's like hurting people on purpose maybe because he's angry about having the uh the curse and the blight upon him um but yeah i don't i'm not entirely sure um i was kind of surprised that when i was going through the champions that he was listed as one of the characters in Shirima. Uh, I hadn't known that until starting this podcast and because I thought that he was a, a um a Yordle too, like Timo and Lulu and Tristana and Rumble and Corky and I don't think I'm forgetting any others. But uh and he still could be, he still could be a Yordle, but a uh an ancient Sharima Yordle, who ruled the the empire, which uh, is still kind of 
blowing my mind that a a creature that's you know two foot tall would be ruling an empire like that um because i think the yordles their kind of society is more kind of just like a i don't, I don't think there's an emperor of the yordles it's uh they're very much just kind of do what you, do what you will type uh you know help each other out kind of society um anyway i'm i don't know i'm having a hard time with like deciding to keep going forward with like our weekly comparisons or not it's um uh like ones like this are kind of hard like to really get ones that um fit the the narrative and so i might brainstorm some other things that we kind of just rotate through or ones that just i use based on whether it fits um this character or this character more as far as like different ways that we go about like interpreting the the material so not just comparisons but i i don't know i haven't thought of the other things yet but so we might um go that route um unless i can find some some more time in my week to uh dedicate to really re searching the the web for people that fit uh whatever character it is that we're talking about but uh so instead of the comparisons we will end uh this week though um i will play the song for you it probably wouldn't probably might not be allowed just to play the song straight up um but we're gonna do it um i will there's a song from riot games um i think it's called the curse of the sad mummy and which is also the name of a mumu's ultimate uh his ultimate ability in the game and i will play that for you as like our as the ending here so um thank you all for for listening and uh, hopefully this didn't depress anybody too much and next week i think we either have rengar ramis or skarner those are the last three i haven't decided what order i'm going to do them in uh but three non humanoid uh creatures so they're all rengar is i mean he's not he's not a cat uh he's like half like half you know apex cat predator and half like uh, I don't know, he walks on two legs, um, so I, I don't know what to call that, and then Ramus is an armadillo, and Skarner is like a scorpion type, uh, they're called brackerns, but they look like scorpions to us, and so yeah, so I'll pick one of those, and we'll do that, and then we'll finish up here in the next couple of weeks, but yeah, thanks for listening, and then here is the Curse of the Sad Mummy. Child in Valoran 
has heard the tale before about the cursed mummy boy who felt his heart no more. So sad and lorn, the helpless lad, Amumu was his name. He ventured out to find a friend to learn about his Tantrum that he never could control. 